Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olsen, and I'm sitting here with my colleague Roland Philip Kretschmer. How are you, Roland? I'm very good, thanks. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Today we're going to listen to your conversation with Sofia Benz at the Transformation Conference a few weeks ago. And I wanted to take the opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the story that you've written about Sofia in our inaugural print issue. Because Sofia is one of our cover stars. She was, you know, very happy that she came to our conference, but you actually spent some more time with her prior to the conference. What was it like uh, doing this interview? I mean, I had the opportunity to meet her several times uh, during uh, the summer of 2020 um, in, pre in preparation for this, um, this article. And, uh, you know, basically what I realized quite fast was that Sophia is very down to earth. Uh, and I, I think it's maybe not unique. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's part of her Swedish heritage. But I, I definitely think she stands out in the venture capital community. Um, so that, that was uh, really one of the first impressions I got. Um, so very down to earth. I mean, for me, when we started talking about doing this story, uh, it was... For me, since uh, I really wanted to find a person for the first uh, issue of Scandinavian Mind that really represented, um, you know, obviously the worlds of tech that represented uh, some a set of strong values uh, and an interesting story. And to me, uh, you know, given her background in Spotify and now her work as a as a, both an angel investor and, and working with some some large firms. Uh, to me, she was like a star. I was like, "Wow, we really, we really nailed it. We we got this 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 wonderful uh, personality from from the worlds of of, of investing." Uh, was that your image as well when you started it? Or well, yeah, I agree. I think um, honestly, she's uh, <laughs> how can I say? She's very famous in the startup community, of course, and you know, for angel investments, she's famous in the the marketing community for her background as marketing director for Spotify. And of course, she's also now well-known and famous for her career in the venture capital industry. But I think generally speaking, she's still a bit unknown, you know, and I, I think that was also what I wanted to capture. Uh, the story of her life, the story of her professional journey, and also get a little bit personal, you mm. know, getting to know Sophia. So we not only spent a few times meeting, but we also had quite a lot of interaction you know, in between through text and talking to each other, etc. So uh, she was very, very generous in, in giving access to, to herself. Right, right. No, and, and there are several parts of this um, very generous and long uh, cover story that I hope everyone takes the time to read that um, became actually very personal. Do you think there's a, a connection between uh, who she is as a person and her, uh, you know, uh, work as a professional? Definitely. I, I mean, the first word that came up into my mind now uh, is, is the word uh, caring. Mm. I think she cares a lot about the investments she's doing and, and about the, star, uh, the, the entrepreneurs, the, the, the individuals behind the, the, the tech companies. So I don't think she only invests uh, in companies from, purely from, um, let's say, uh, financial perspective I think she also uh, herself she wants to dig deeper she wants to support uh, the, the entrepreneurs and she cares about them and I think that 
That's pro I mean, she's never explicitly said that, but I, I, I feel that when talking to her also about how she selects um, the, the, the investment she does. Mm. Anything else that you remember specifically from your talks uh, and, and conversations that, that stuck with you? I mean, a fun anecdote. The first time we, we met physically, we were at uh, Alma, the, the, the members club in central Stockholm. And uh, there's a courtyard, in a yard uh, where there's a terrace uh, linked to the members club. We sat there outside, uh, had quite an informal chat and, you know, we, we actually... You know, I divided the, the interview into several parts and, and that specific moment we discussed about Spotify and uh, her career at Spotify. And then she, you know, very relaxed. She said, you know, two, three meters from here and on your right, Roland, there is a, actually the flat where it all started. So that, you know, literally next door to, uh, to, to the Alma um, members club and, and three meters from where we sat, there, there was the flat where literally Spotify started as a company. And I think that was fun. I, it was not deliberate from Sophia's side. It was just by pure accident, but it, it was a fun anecdote. Mm. Mm. And uh, then you had a chance to interview her again on stage at our uh, transformation conference. Uh, what was that like? I mean, again, you know, she's a natural, right? I mean, uh, th that's, the, that's the beauty of meeting with true professionals, that uh, the conversation flows. Um, they always have something interesting to deliver <laughs> in terms of messages. And I think her, her whole focus on, on, on changing the venture capital industry is worthwhile listening to and reading about. I mean, mm. I think this is why I would recommend our listeners um, to really follow the journey of Sophia. I mean... She's definitely trying to change uh, the venture capital industry for the better. She definitely wants to, um, you know, highlight the, the need to be more inclusive, to be more diverse, not only when it comes to um, <clears throat> gender equality, but generally speaking. I mean, honestly, the venture capital industry is white, really, really white and middle-aged, right? So, uh, you know, we, there's, a, there's a huge room for... For changing the venture capital industry and Sophie is definitely uh, you know in, in, in the forefront of that all right we're gonna get to that conversation in just a moment so uh, um, first I want to thank the Helio co-working space for hosting us in this studio that we're at right now and encourage anyone to sign up to our newsletter to get more information and invites to our upcoming events from Scandinavian mind and uh, of course order your own copy of our inaugural issue um, here now, Roland Philipp Kretschmar's conversation with Sofia Benz on the Transformation Conference. Enjoy! <laughs> I'll take it from the beginning. Yeah, so I joined Sherry September 1st. Um, I got to know the founding partners at Sherry because I did four angel investments that they later on seed invested in. So we have known each other for quite some time. Um, super excited to be with Cherry. It's one of the best, I think, European seed funds. Uh, the team consists of um, people that have founded and built companies before. So it's a very strong kind of operator DNA in the team. Hmm. And at my previous jobs, we were focusing on Series A and onwards, which is the bigger rounds. And I am now kind of excited and happy to do seed rounds, which is the earlier stage of the investment landscape. Mm. Yeah, that was my, my question. What was the difference then between Sherry and Atomico, where yeah. you were before? Yeah. Um, but you have not really left Atomico, right? No, so I'm still an advisor to Atomico and I help kind of managing their angel program, which is one of the projects that I initiated when, yeah, starting at Atomico. So angel program, what does that mean? 
Well, it's kind of common that some VC funds have it. Um, at Atomico, we started one that I uh, led, and uh, we do it this way. We give people $100,000 uh, per year to invest in a company of their choice uh, at an angel ticket sort of stadium, so early, early on, not competing with the investments that Atomico do. And then we have people in our core geographies and with a sort of broad variety of skill sets and backgrounds and, and um, a good sort of diversity in the group. And with that, we hope that they will find us the best deals that we normally wouldn't have sort of bumped into. But I mean, for, for the viewers, for the listeners, um, uh, what, what makes it different from other angel programs then? Why, why is this program so unique? One angle is that the people that are in the program, don't, they don't need to have an experience from investing before. So for us, it was a way to kind of be more open and transparent about how the industry works. We wanted to kind of invite more people to try investing and see if it was something that they would potentially consider as a career choice. And uh, with us having also a new batch each year, it's a rolling kind of program so that more people can get the opportunity to uh, come on board. Mm. Some of the VC funds in Silicon Valley are known for having scout programs. And normally what they do is that they give, you know, a bucket of money to people that have already proven themselves and that are already um, someone in the ecosystem. And we wanted to broaden that perspective a bit. Hmm. And, and I mean, angel investment is, is kind of how we profile you in the first issue. And yeah. this is also how you're known, right? Um, but how did you start that journey? And, and why have you decided to support companies at such an early stage? What do you bring? I mean, it was nothing that I planned that I wanted to do, but I kind of organically <laughs> ended up there. I worked with a lot of talented people when I was at Spotify. Uh, many of them then later on went on to start their own companies. I was probably the first you know, top of mind name they thought of when it came to marketing and branding, since that what I did at, at Spotify. So uh, the first company I backed was a person who I'd worked with for a long, long time that I knew really well and that I had a massive amount of respect for. And um, he suggested, why don't you come on board as an Indian investor and an advisor? Okay, so that's how you started your journey. And, and I mean, that was a f quite many years ago, right? Yeah. And how many tickets have you done? How many investments have you done? It's plus 45 now. Wow, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you mind mentioning a few of those? I mean, obviously, I mean, not kind of, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to mention all the 45, but. Yeah, that's too long <laughs> on the list. Uh, but yes, of course. Um, one company that I co-invested in together with uh, Sherry Ventures, where I work now, is uh, an insured tech company called Hedvig. Which is, I'm uh, a customer. Yeah, good. <laughs> Swedish-based company, brilliant team. Um, I've done quite a few investments within Femtech, which is health for women. Many products built by women for women. It's an underserved area that I think is very interesting and that I see a big need for better solutions. Let's get back to that in a second. Yeah. All right, I'll pause there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And another uh, examples? Yeah, another example. One is called TipTap, another Swedish one. Um, Waste management, sustainability angle. Again, as I'm well. a customer. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you seem to pick a lot of <laughs> popular. Well, let's see if you're a customer of this one. Aura ring is a ring that kind of measures your sleep and helps you. So it's this ring and it has sensors on the inside. Mm. Helps you kind of create a better sleep regime. Mm -hmm. Finnish company, really interesting. Um, helps me be mm. better disciplined when it comes to sleeping well. So, I mean, some of these. Uh, uh, examples you have given are Nordic based. Is that where you scout and found, find the... 
I have invested across the globe, actually, both in American companies and in European companies. Uh, but I would, I mean, I really enjoy developing a relationship with the founders that I back. So I prefer if it's, you know, European based now. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because we want to be able to go and see them and travel to their cities. And now you cannot travel. I know, which is a shame. And I'm super tired of Zoom meetings. <laughs> and I'm excited to see you in person today. <laughs> well, I mean, we're very happy to be in this room today. But we're, of course, very happy to have you online as well. And and please remember, you can always ask us questions. So please send us questions and let's try to catch some of them at the end. Listen, I want to go back to Femtech. Could you explain a little yeah. bit more in depth what that means and what kind of companies um, uh, I mean could label themselves as a femtech company yeah sure actually one of the earlier investments I did was in a company called clue and they're a period tracking app and for instance like Apple health kit they want to help us keep track of our health one of the uh, most important biomarkers for a woman is her period they didn't include a period tracker in their health kit mm. So that is an example of how overlooked and, and underserved some of our needs are. Mainly, I believe, because there are not that many, or not many enough at least, female developers, product developers, or people making those decisions in companies such as Apple. So Ida, the founder of Clue, was the one who coined the term femtech. And it's actually kind of just a broad uh, definition of companies started by women for women and the female body is different from the male body. And there's been less research done on the female body. So therefore, we have sometimes been kind of treated wrong or getting our diagnoses later on because the symptoms can look different for us. Uh, There are also other things such as in our menstrual blood, we have 400 biomarkers that gives us intelligence about our bodies. And it's not just blood, it's actually body tissue, it's DNA. So you can learn a lot about yourself and your health if you start to measure and and use that data. So rather than seeing it as something that you shouldn't talk about, we should see it as a valuable asset and and, make use of it. So uh, there are a lot of different examples of what femtech can be. Uh, Anything from like how we screen for breast cancer, how we help support women, uh, you know, both before they get pregnant with infertility and stuff and during pregnancy and after pregnancy. Uh, There is one solution in the US where many women need to go back and work two weeks after having given birth and then you have milk in your breasts and it's horrible because you need to go and pump all the time. So they have created like a self-pumping bra, uh, which is a good solution for them. Then you can question if that's uh, a good idea to go back and work. <laughs> if you live in the Nordics, it's it's a lot to ask for. But um, those are a few examples. Mm. And I think everything that has to do with hormones and understanding our bodies better as well. So I just invested in a company that are, you know, supporting women during menopause, which is another of those kind of big hormonal events in our life. And again, it has been completely underserved and uh, not something that... Uh, they have good solutions for and quite surprisingly i mean it's it's uh, since 50 percent of the world's population are female i mean it's obviously also commercially speaking uh, an, an untapped market that is huge right yes and this mm. is a lot of the times talk about repetitive behavior mm-hmm. and a big market and i think you have two things here you have a massive market and and we have you know our periods once per month so mm. it's a very repetitive behavior Mm. So, I mean, when you and I met also for, for this, the interview that you can read in, in, in the first issue of, of the magazine and online, um, 
we not only talked about femtech, but we also talked about uh, female investment and, and how the venture capital scene is, is, is dominated by men, usually white, middle-aged men. Um, can, you, can you elaborate a little bit your point of view on, on, on the venture capital market and you know, what needs to change? Yeah, I think it's provoking a bad today. I think we've been talking about it for a while now, and now it's time to take action. Um, there's, you know, a lot of things that we need to do, but kind of my main view on it is that I believe that tech is going to play a big role in how we develop our society in the future. And if we believe that men and women are equal, then we should back men and women equally when it comes to building tech companies. Mm. Otherwise, it will be skewed. It's like we're running on one engine rather than two. So uh, for me, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's it's a missed out business opportunity not to back men and women equally. But it doesn't look like that today. So majority of the VC capital goes to male-led teams. But examples of what you can do. So if you're a VC, I think you can do um, you can support female founders by having office hours where you coach and guide them and kind of help them prep for the uh, founder pitch meetings, which is normally the crucial sort of meeting you need to be well prepared for. Um, You can have um, a more diverse set of people in your summer intern programs. Normally, VCs tend to take students from Harvard or other Ivy League colleges. Um, You need to make sure that your pipeline of founders that you're reviewing uh, is a balanced pipeline. Uh, You need to start early on. And you need to support the female founders that you have backed and make sure that you tap them on their network. Because normally what we see is that if you have one female partner, investment partner, that attracts more female founders and that attracts even more female founders. So Mm. I think it's important to make sure we have women as both angel investors, investment partners at VC firms, but also investment partners at LPs, the ones that are investing in our funds. Mm -hmm. Because they're the ones that can, you know, help us become even better as well or demand it. Are you optimistic? I am, yeah. I'm also optimistic about the way we can coach and help our portfolio companies to, to become better at diversity. Mm-hmm. So when I see a slide of it, when they're presenting a team and if it's all white males, you know, then I'm pointing out like, what's your strategy on diversity? Because we know that, you know, innovation and creativity flows in diverse teams. And we back innovative mm-hmm. teams. We don't want to back someone who has like a very homogeneous team. Makes a lot of sense. And listen, I, I have a question from the audience, from oh, the great. listeners. Yeah, shoot. Since we are on the topic of, of femtech, um, do you have any companies or, or, or people in the, the, the femtech area which you are keeping extra eye on? That I find exciting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Besides your own investment. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I want to bang my own drum again. <laughs> no, I was looking a long time for a company within the menopause space, but now I invested in one. Uh, uh, other things are metabolic health, I think is really interesting. What uh, does that mean? It means kind of getting uh, more or less dieting is shit. It's not good, but it's important with your health and you can improve it by understanding your body better. Mm-hmm. And by having data, you can understand and you can make better decisions. So metabolic health could be, you know, if you track your blood sugar levels, etc. Um, and other areas. I, I also think it's really interesting to measure your hormone levels over time because that gives you a lot of intelligence about your body. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's femtech or not, but what makes a good entrepreneur? I think you need to be extremely keen and driven to solve this problem that you have identified. 
if there's a personal story behind how you come to that you wanted to solve just that problem, that's even better. If you have your, you need to have your soul and heart into it. I think it's important because it's going to show when you interview people that you want to hire or when you tell your story to potential partners or investors, etc. And then, of course, it helps if you're disciplined, data-driven, ambitious, and a good communicator. Wow, many things. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are kind of superhuman. <laughs> so, I mean, um, if I want you to invest in my idea, yeah, what do I need to do besides having all these personality <laughs> traits? <laughs> well, then you tell me about your idea and we go for a coffee. And we talk <laughs> Simple <about> as that. <laughs> but I guess you get thousands of requests, emails, phone calls, yeah. tweets. I mean, that's how the, do you get through the needle's eye? That's the downside with this job. It's extremely hard to keep up with all of the different inboxes. And I think you see a pattern like you move away from in, from your inbox to your WhatsApp and then that turns into a nasty inbox. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of it sometimes feels impossible to keep up with the inbound uh, for me. So I apologize on, on behalf of all the unanswered emails that I have. Uh, but I would say I really enjoy when people have done their homework, when they come well prepared, when they know what I care about. And you can figure that out by listening to talks like this or watch kind of what I post on Twitter and stuff. And you can DM me there and tell you like, I think you like this because of this and that. I've done investments with people that I have not met in real life, just met them through Twitter and, and we set up a call and then made the investments. Mm-hmm. When we met the first time, you, you, we, we spoke about this and you, you talked about um, dorm room fund. Yeah. I think that was a very interesting uh, example of how you can enter the venture capital market I while think, yeah. young. Can you yeah. explain a bit what, the, what you mean I think it's an excellent idea and I would have uh, loved to have been in one when I studied. Uh, so it's more or less like, you know, the, the top students are, are the ones that the big VCs want to keep an eye on because they're the talent that will eventually move on and start their own businesses and, and build big businesses. And the one who can tell earliest who is a star or not, are the other peers of that person. So it's fairly common that you set up a dorm room fund, which is students investing in other students. And I think it's a great way to actually just sort of dip your toe into it to see if it's interesting, if you like it or not, and build your own track record and say, like, these are deals that we have done. Have you picked up on any of those, I mean, throughout your career? Have you found kind of... I mean, I don't know of any dorm room funds here in Sweden, actually, but I'm close with one in Finland and uh, okay. share a deal flow with them, with them uh, on a regular basis. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So if we look a little bit into the future or, you know, try to project a bit what, what will happen to the venture capital area, I mean, do you see any trends? Um... I have a lot of uh, female peers that are tired of uh, the somewhat male culture. So I think we'll see many more female-led funds, both in the US and in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about uh, in terms of investment areas? I mean, I think we'll always look for the what's the next new thing. Uh, right now, there's a lot of investments happening within this field, like how do we enable remote working? Mm-hmm. So you see everything from like the event platforms such as Hopin or um, kind of voice platforms, etc. Everything that can help us uh, function in a world with COVID uh, has been uh, sort of future work, we call it. But I think, you know, areas such as health within f- and femtech is within that. I think it's super interesting and technology will be a great enabler. Uh, I think food, uh, both how we create new type of foods in a smarter way and also how we distribute food. Um, I think, you know, sustainability and impact uh, is important. And, 
you know, we will need to be smarter with our resources. And uh, that's going to be implemented in all different sectors across the globe. Mm -hmm. So if it's battery lives or mobility with, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to be done. (laughs) So basically venture capital that is doing good. Yes, because doing good is not the opposite of making money. I think, you know, where the big challenges lies, that's where we'll, you know, do good businesses. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, with that said, I think um, uh, let's pause here for a while. I mean, for our online viewers, um, we're going to soon invite a panel to discuss impact investments. So Sophia and I are going to stay on stage. Uh, But thank you so much. And congratulations, uh, not only for Cherry, but also for being our cover star. Oh, thank you so much (laughs) for having me. It's been great. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Speak soon. Yes. (laughs) 